Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to yet another interesting session of Null Bytes, where we bring you real IT challenges with solutions and talk about the latest um, in the IT operations and as well as uh, emerging technologies arena. I'm your host, Atul Rawat, and today we are going to focus on DevOps, uh, which is a set of practices that combines uh, uh, software development and um, IT operations and has been emerging as a strong IT practice uh, that emphasizes uh, the uh, importance of um, uh, you know effective uh, communication and strong collaboration uh, between uh, two important uh, pillars of the entire GLC cycle, which is the software developers on one hand and the production IT teams on the other, uh, while automating uh, the deployment of software and infrastructure changes. Uh, DevOps per se aims to shorten the system development lifecycle and uh, it provide uh, continuous delivery and superior software quality. Therefore, uh, today. Uh, I'm pleased to have uh, two extremely talented uh, senior DevOps engineer from Noldus uh, to share their experience on DevOps as a practice and how it is streamlining the development and uh, IT operations and uh, creating more collaborations in the overall software development lifecycle. Uh, welcome, uh, Mayank and uh, Sahil. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself, uh, starting with you, Mayank? Or Sahil, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Uh, so hi, guys. This is Sahil. And Sahil, and I've, I've been working with Noldis for last four plus years and uh, as a DevOps lead consultant. And my roles and responsibility includes grooming the new talent that we get and you know giving architectural solutions and planning uh, out the deliverables for our clients. And also, you know, make sure to monitor the evolution that our DevOps community is go, uh, going on with and to, you know, capture all the cutting edge technologies and tools that uh, uh, could troubleshoot all the problems that our client faces. Yeah. Excellent, Sahil. Uh, welcome to the show. Mike, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. So, hi, Atul. Uh, so, first of all, thank you for having me in Null Bytes. Uh, so, uh, guys, I am Mayank Baragi, and I have overall 11 plus years of experience in industry. Uh, and uh, I was working as a uh, uh, working as a developer uh, from last, from six years. And at that time, uh, I I was very comfortable in devel uh, what development is, what uh, challenges are in auto uh, on testing and development. But uh, at that time, I wanted to explore another paradigm, which is operations. Uh, so. Uh, I got to know that, that uh, uh, operations required entire different skill set uh, since uh, challenges are very different in autom uh, in uh, 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 operation side. So right. I luckily, luckily I got chance to work uh, with operations team, and uh, 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 finally I was able to deliver scalable resilience, fault tolerant, and uh, yeah. One more thing that in Nordus we used to talk about reactive. Uh, uh, infrastructure, reactive applications, reactive programming. So I thought about that. Uh, why don't we uh, talk about reactive infrastructure? Uh, so it was a key motivation factor uh, uh, which uh, pulled me towards DevOps because nowadays you can look at that DevOps is uh, all about uh, is again it is a programming. It is a com software yeah. computation. It is a uh, infrastructure as a tool. So you are, actually you are coding and yeah. you are automating processes using uh, codes. So, so Mike, I think, yeah, so welcome to, to the show, Mike. I think, uh, you know, uh, since you have 
spend a considerable amount of time in dev development operations and you know this new element around reactive architecture which i'm sure most of the audiences would also like to know uh, so my first question to you mike what what are some of the key components uh, of devops and and how the workflow complexity uh, for devops uh, you think can be streamlined uh, by focusing on the end to end life cycle management and, and i would also like to add one more thing because we see lot of tools right which are now uh, mushrooming up within the devops uh, ecosystem so how do you see the importance of tools you know going forward okay so atul uh, devops is uh, less about tools and more about process uh, but yeah uh, so getting back to your first question uh, so uh, so the at the end of the day what we need to deliver uh, we need to drive values for our customer uh, so which is our end goal and uh, as a devops uh, how we can uh, help in this process so if i look into the devops arena so i found that uh, we can help uh, 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 by shortening the iteration so for example uh, so suppose developers are writing code and uh, they got the feedback after 6 month that uh, okay you need to fix something so mm -hmm. no, nobody would like that so Correct. feedback would be very crisp and very quick so first and foremost requirement is that that feedback loop should be very quick and uh, second thing which i want to emphasize on compliance so these compliance uh, would be a uh, mainly a coding compliance so whatever the de de developers are writing so it should be uh, sh uh, should be following best coding practices and uh, uh, it should be uh, in line with coding compliance and uh, yeah we can include security compliance as well uh, so these are the two main things which as a devops uh, i am thinking that Uh, it is our primary responsibility to do, and uh, last thing is uh, 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 creating environment on the fly. So it is uh, another. It is a uh, uh, very good uh, capabilities nowadays we are having. Uh, so uh, as I talked about uh, uh, various software software configuration tools and infrastructure as a code. So these practices can help us. Uh, Uh, to automate our environment and we can uh, create environment on the fly right great so i think uh, so that is an interesting perspective uh, because if you know uh, so while we see a lot of tools uh, obviously um, coming into the devops ecosystem what you mentioned is that you know it is more about process it more about how you can automate how you can strengthen the overall process while it is estimated that the number of tools will obviously continue to increase but there will be a movement towards end to end life cycle management and uh, single applications you know that that will streamline tooling uh, and workflows to ultimately improve uh, software development speed and agility um, so, uh, so so uh, yeah, yeah i want to add yeah. so yeah so in uh, so as a devops uh, what i think that uh, uh, if you look into uh, development side so uh, uh, so they are not rapid, very rapid changes but uh, devops industry is uh, evolving very quickly mm. and uh, so as a devops we should be open minded and uh, uh, so we, uh, uh, we should be uh, so same challenges can be solved by different uh, solutions or different tools right. so we should sure. be open to use different tools so if you look sure. into uh, history that uh, uh, 10 years back uh, uh, we were on we were using yarn then we moved to uh, mesos and mesosphere and nowadays kubernetes is a big uh, big clustering uh, management tool so so these tools would be coming uh, and going but uh, 
we need to uh, be on cutting edge technology uh, and so uh, firstly we should be open minded to adopt new things yeah yeah so so that that's great right so 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 that takes me to my second question and this is to you sahil so so we see increasing number of tools uh, and the tool set right within the devops environment and um, so how do you think the maturity of this tooling coming along and and how it is uh, consolidating and 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 can provide greater value uh you know to the overall uh, sort of sdlc cycle at scale okay yeah so actually the evolution of tools or you know coming up of tools or maturing of the tools actually depends on the ecosystem they are you know being used in so for mm -hmm. example when i started my career so the move was to go from monolithic to microservice architecture Correct. so to do this it's not just you know the uh, from the viewpoint of the development team that they can break their monolith into you know smaller self managed or you know manageable components so there is an equal duty of devops to you know uh, set out a tooling architecture around that uh, design so that they can you know facilitate uh, continuous delivery or continuous deployment uh, in that ecosystem so yeah so basically uh, according to me i personally feel that a good tool will never be mature it will keep on evolving because the day a tool says that i am mature and i have reached the height that tool will you know see its downfall so yeah, yeah. so uh, we, we saw how you know we got from monolithic plus bare metal to microservice plus containerized based solution and as mank uh, correctly uh, you know stated that now these containers became huge in numbers so there was a need to build an orchestration around it so th that was the point where mesos and uh, you know kubernetes kicked in so now kubernetes in itself you know uh, uh, there were a lot of pointers that need to be handled so then additional peripheral tools kicked in which support that ecosystem so the ecosystem you know it depends uh, on the vision of of a client or a company that how they want to want their solution to be so correct yeah so so and you know so so apart from you know so you rightly said that uh, you know a tools maturity you know is sort of an uh, ever uh, you know evolving process uh, and so is the cost as well right because the you know you still want to keep your cost minimized while you know you are actually looking at uh, the the tool to scale up isn't it yeah exactly so yeah definitely and and if we see right now so for example i'll give you an example of a tool called thanos so what it does is like it tries to you know uh, bring about highly available prometheus that to in a cost which is minimum which is lesser than what actual prometheus will cost you so ah. this evolution you know works in a way that they uh, you know includes all the parameters all the you know key players uh, on which you know decisions are made so yeah all right well that that that's great so if you look at it you know the the lot of digital transformation initiatives within the organizations they have typically been um, you know nowadays if you look at especially the current situation of uh, you know covid wherein there a lot of pressure on um, optimization so you know the organizations have been given free hand on budgetary needs over the uh, you know in the current period and, and at the same time you know the maturity of devops tooling um, that we all agree it, it has meant that these tools have uh, evolved and and as you said uh, are now leveraged at scale uh, right so organizations will look to leverage devops tooling uh, that provides equivalent value or more value but minimizes cost at scale with some of the examples that sail you have shared so that that's great now that takes me to the another question uh, and that is to you mayank so within the devops environment uh, right there has been increasing focus towards um, 
container first strategy and i think uh, uh, you briefly mentioned i think sahil about it uh, because it is providing foundational uh, sort of link to the business transformation strategy so how do you think this strategy is is panning out um, especially in context of reducing uh, cost as well as the risk uh, so atul yeah definitely uh, container uh, so uh nowadays so actually uh, i don't say that uh, it would be very helpful in reducing cost but uh, uh if you want to be uh, want to build a scalable architecture uh, so uh, you can't go without uh, a containerization uh, so nowadays we have uh, so you can see that uh, uh, now we uh, devops uh, has has a very major role nowadays uh, if uh, you compare it uh, uh, 10 years back Uh, mm -hmm. so it is it is because that uh, uh, we uh, so there are a lot of efforts to require to maintain that ecosystem uh, but uh, at the end of the day that that ecosystem is a worthy enough uh, uh, so that organization would be investing in it and uh, yeah, and uh, uh, it is uh, again it is uh, uh, i was emphasize, emphasizing on reactive so again it is it is a reactive so uh, it, it systems are resilient And, so what do you mean uh, to me? Uh, sorry to interrupt you, but what what do you mean by reactive in this in this context? What is just explain to our audience what is it that you mean by reactive uh, architecture? Okay, so uh, so in Nordis, uh, uh, so in uh, software development, uh, so we used to use uh, use that term reactive. So right. it, it is uh, your system would be resilient. Uh, so it's mean that uh, responding even if you are bleeding. so if intern if internally uh, there is a problem so maybe it is a software or your it infrastructure uh, but uh, you should always be uh, uh, you, you should always be uh, reactive respond responding and in order in uh, and uh, there are few more properties like elasticity so you can compare it with uh, uh, scalability so uh, so uh, nowadays we uh, we are on cloud so we can we can leverage, leverage this feature that uh, whenever uh, we require that okay uh, heavy payload need to be run or there is a, a certain time when traffic uh, goes up then you can scale up your environment and uh, most of the year your environment can be scaled down so okay. this this kind of features main features uh, would be uh, provided by our reactive architecture all right great so i think apart so reactive architecture is one thing and you are saying that you know is been a shift towards establishing uh, let's say container first strategy which are obviously foundational to the business transformation and we see that uh, the container centric um, uh, initiatives they they sort of you know become a go to approach and, and play out on a larger scale uh, across enterprises and industries um, as it proves immediate impact by providing a clear path to let's say uh, to to the cloud you know while reducing the cost and risk and then you are saying that you know on the you know it's very important to have uh, you know your architecture more uh, flexible uh, and you 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 mentioned about it it being reactive so that you are able to actually um, uh, you know provide the required flexibility uh, to to the business uh, so so yeah please go ahead man you want to add something yeah so you can run heavy payload or heavy uh, processing using hmm. uh, small machines so that is the main benefit uh, because uh, you don't need uh, uh uh mainframe computers to uh, do, do doing heavy processing so nowadays uh, applications so uh, are uh, uh, applications are immutable and distributed mm -hmm. and uh, uh, so they can leverage uh, 
uh, leverage uh, the scalable environment. Distribute so, okay. so in order to leverage the scalable environment, your application should be distributed in nature. So yeah, so this this is where you can see that uh, a lot of our applications like uh, 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 big data processing, uh, Spark, Hadoop. So they uh, so they are now uh, 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 we uh, our distributed system. So and distributed right. systems are a best fit for these kind of infrastructure, which uh, as a DevOps we create uh, on the on the top of top of container containerized solution. Right, right. No, I think yeah. That, those so that's great. So now, so we we talked about DevOps as an overall practice. We talked about what are the different components of DevOps. Then we look at uh, the containerization approach. You also talked about um, you know reactive architecture, which actually you know uh, how um, uh, important it is to actually accommodate some of the DevOps tool. We also talk about tools maturity. So let's just funnel it down to next level, right? Which is which is another important uh, part, I would say, you know, component within the DevOps environment. So 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 if you look at uh, and which is which is a service mess, right? As we know that it plays an important role in ensuring that communication uh, between the containers is is available, it is reliable and and secure at the same time, while providing some of the key capabilities like you mentioned, um, uh, my, you know, load balancing, encryption, etc. Um, so in this context, uh, Sahil, do you, do you see the consolidation around a specific service mesh like like we hear Istio or some, something else? What what is the trend that you see? Yeah. So uh, to to answer that, uh, Atul, I, I think service mesh, you know, is one of the great examples of you know evolution of tools and technologies. So first of all, let's try to understand why do we even need a service mesh so service mesh you know kicks in when uh, we say okay we have a lot of containers with us okay now i'm having an orchestrator like so for example kubernetes to manage those containers so now there are a couple of questions like yeah. how do i manage uh, yeah. service? So, just to just to interrupt your th 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 process so first of all can you just help explain the audiences that how do you determine the how many containers i mean uh, like for any particular uh, to address any particular you know, business problem. How do you go about first, you know, addressing that? And then I think if you can just talk about the um, the in-mesh uh, piece, then I think that will be able to, audience will be able to correlate with that. Yeah, okay. So uh, when we say a lot of containers, that means, so, so for example, let's take a very uh, easy example of, you know, an application which has, maybe has a accounting part in it, or maybe has a user management account in it and let's say there are five to six microservices and let's say this is a you know a top brand uh, that is you know spawning these microservices and they have hundreds of containers for each so this right. leads to you know an ecosystem of having you know maybe 500 to 600 containers that needs to communicate with each other you know pass on the data and details to each other so here is you know this is you know one of the grounds uh, that you know lays the foundation for a service mesh so when we say service mesh what we actually look for is you know the first thing is definitely securely doing the service discovery so that one service or one uh, you know services uh, not knowing the details of other one so they all live in their entire ecosystem which is which may be a pod or uh, something mm -hmm. like that Okay, then the another very important aspect is to have the aspect, you know, grasp what the observability of the cluster. So, for example, 
tracing or matrices that how the traffic is flowing uh, what is the load on the system and all these components and another important aspect of having a service mesh could be you know controlling the ingress and the egress traffic from a cluster that what requests are coming in at what frequency at what rate they are coming in and what are the you know endpoints that i am i want to reach out to and if if i am not able to reach out to them how can i you know ensure my circuit breaker uh, logic is working and all so these are like all a uh, couple of you know uh, basic uh, uh, we can see pointers on which you know selection of a service mesh uh, mesh depends so now when we talk about service mesh i think two or three leading names in the market are sto consul and linkerd so okay. each of these service mesh you know um, you know has a special pros and cons and it purely depends on the vision of the ecosystem that we are trying to build so so for example if i'm looking for a service mesh that uh, comes with good support enterprise support so consul would be my option because istio doesn't provides that then i want a service mesh that is open source and provide me you know a lot of features like maybe circuit breaker or kiosk testing and all the uh, all of these things so i should go for istio and if i know my use cases you know quite simple quite late lightweight solution i am looking for my service mesh then maybe linkerd is the best option so it purely depends on the vision of the ecosystem that i am trying to build all right and can you have uh, like uh, still use the uh, you know the good features from from all of these service mesh in any given project implementation is that route available for let's say someone who is looking at you know any enterprise looking at uh, utilizing all the good features across uh, different service mesh or well actually you know uh, you know devops uh, the way it works it works in very a lot of stages so at the early stage itself we you know try to go for you know Re uh, remove the redundancy from the system so for example let's say if i want to use github as my source code so you know organization plan that okay all my source code would be in github no bit bucket no other source code management uh, you know tools yeah. and techniques because at the end of the day the management of these components goes to the devops team so i think in the initial phases itself it should be decided that and it it, should, it is recommended that uh, always we go for a solution that you know caters all to all our needs so i think using multiple meshes might is might be a case that we can build but that's not a recommended approach yeah all right so that okay that is not a recommended approach and, and i think that that's a fair assessment maybe um you know uh, we we need to see how the service meshes actually um evolving themselves and then pick up the right business case which is actually suitable for uh for any enterprise who is looking at um, you know implementing certain features all right so great that that, that that's uh, you know good um, perspective uh, uh, sahil um so now i think let's just take this discussion to um, a, a, another level which is again one of the things that uh, now we keep on hearing uh, with regard to devops is the importance of security right so so my my question to you is one of the important aspect of devops is the adoption of security measures right and the term we often hear nowadays is a dev sec ops dev 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 security operations how do you think this can be prioritized especially in the context of rising number of data breaches that we are now seeing uh, uh, you know globally uh, so atul uh, so when we talk about uh, devops or uh, dev sec ops so uh, so actually it is uh, less about roles and uh, again it is more about the skill set 
so uh, so when uh, so as a devops you should have uh, uh, emphasize on uh, 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 on uh, basic it skills so you should be uh, very good on how linux work and how how networking works and what is the basic concepts of uh, uh, concurrency scalability so this should be very clear so if, uh, if you have this kind of knowledge uh, then uh, uh, then you can adopt then you can uh, encounter another arena which is the security mm -hmm. and <clears throat> and uh, if i talk about uh, devsecops ops so uh, here uh, uh, during our ci cd cycle or uh, all other processes uh, we try to cover not only the code which has been written by developers but uh, uh, but uh, if uh, the code has some vulnerability security vulnerability so that should also uh, also uh, uh, check at that moment and uh, so as infrastructure so uh, as i told that uh, 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 nowadays we are creating infrastructure on the fly and uh, uh, infrastructure is not something which is uh, uh, being created manually so we uh, we used to use uh, uh, we use uh, uh, infrastructure as a code so terraform or cloud formation as a building block to creating a uh, mm -hmm. uh, dynamic environments and uh, so once you would once you would be coding each and every step then uh, then it is a very uh, a safe way that uh, it, uh, at at that same time you can impose uh, a security level checks uh, uh, in your ecosystem so for example uh, uh, we used to perform audit manually uh, but uh, but nowadays what we can do uh, so in the current situation of covid so uh, we have uh, we have built a capabilities so that uh, uh, every uh, every engineer can connect uh, uh, his system to our VPN and it would be scanned. And uh, if there is any security vulnerability or anything which uh, should be reported, so then uh, then we can take uh, uh, appropriate action. So again, right. so by doing that, uh, again we are uh, uh, making this feedback process fast. Uh. Sahil, can you hear me? Uh, yes, certainly. OK, I think we may have uh, lost the connection, I, I, I think. Uh, so we'll wait for uh, uh, Mayank to uh, join. But but I think what uh, what uh, Mayank was saying, I think, you know, so what we, uh, and you can add on, I think, is that with the rising number of data breaches and increased uh, emphasis on uh, uh, data privacy regulations, uh, and we see, you know, most of it like in GDPR uh, kind of regulations or other regulations, both not only in the us but globally as well right so devops uh, savvy organizations uh, you know we think will be forced to prioritize diligence in security measures over time to mark to market right in the coming times and um, as new regulations are put into place more application developers uh, you know will be mandated to build strict security policies like bank was talking about directly within the code um, and so there will be an uptick in devops tool that cater to uh, automating more compliance related tasks within the info security teams uh, and therefore you know incorporating security and compliance measures into into everyday um, let's say ci workflows right um, so uh, so you want to add, add anything to that 
i i think uh, whatever mention uh, you know mank mentioned and you you know you consolidated those are very valid points so you know breaches nowadays you know are not just external so there are uh, you know both external and possibly accidental internal breaches as well so when right. we build around a security blanket around our uh, needs and our our like workloads then you know these are uh, you know a couple of you know things that we need to take care of that yes we definitely want to prevent our system our components from the outside world but at the same time we also need to make sure that we you know internally develop a system so that in case there is a breach from uh, uh, from internal components that is also you know troubleshooted and acted upon as soon as possible yeah no absolutely i think um... um you know it's very important to to identify those breaches and therefore uh, it becomes apps, you know uh, uh, sort of uh, a critical uh, you know prerequisite to uh, develop an ecosystem um you know whereby you actually take care of all these uh, security compliance issues so uh, my my last question therefore uh, you know sahil and i don't know mike if you have joined you can chime in as well but what are some of the learnings that you guys have would you know would, that you would like to share on things um that need to be taken care of from from the devops project because i know you have implemented so you know many devops projects and um, therefore uh, you also understand uh, you know certain pitfalls so what is it that you would like to you know share with the audience from your experience well yeah that's true there have been quite some learnings uh, around you know whatever things we have built upon so i'll start something with very basic so mm-hmm. that would be you know generally what we do is you know sprint Uh, zero of dev team and sprint zero of the devops team don't start together because people feel a need that devops should come in when there is something that is already you know some applications are built upon some some code is running already but but i think that notion is not very correct because you know i personally believe that the sprint zero of a dev team should always start the sprint zero of the devops team because you know when we decide on what architecture we want to build so we also need you know the devops input that whether that architecture i mean like how feasible that architecture is and do we have you know currently uh, you know technology that can that can cater our needs or is it something that we need to you know cook at home so yeah so that is you know one of the major important points that i think is a learning and another yeah. so just on that point sahil and i think mayank also joined so why do you think so you 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 are actually recommending that the engagement of devops should begin when you are actually looking at development when in the in the upstream process itself when you actually looking at the requirement you are understanding the business and typically what you are saying is that generally you know the the organization uh, in, involves devops in the later stages which is not the right approach so so why why do you think they should do it i mean what is it that what is if they don't do it you know they don't engage you up front they don't engage devops uh, you know team up front what, what are some of the uh, downstream impact or implications that they might run into yeah that, that's a very good question so i would like to answer that question with an example so oh. so, so so suppose let let's say at the time when architecture was built upon so we we decided that okay so these are let's say our ml workloads that we need to run over kubernetes and we say okay uh, let's say some workflow engine will take care of that now this mm-hmm. some workflow in uh, engine is a very abstract answer to the problem 
so you know if if there would have been a devops team that's that you know starts at the sprint zero itself so that team you know because there is a fair share of pocs in the devops ecosystem as well as as you can see you know the cncf ecosystem been built upon a lot of contributions and a lot of tools spawning up so now when it comes to selecting of this uh, workflow so let's say you know the dev devops team kicks in when you know dev team has reached to a level that they want a workflow in a position now now devops team will also need let's say a sprint or two to do their internal pocs to figure out like so for example kubeflow is a better alternative or airflow is a better alternative or argo workflows are what they need or maybe tecton is what they need so answering these questions you know uh, understanding the use case and doing the pocs to uh, you know figure out which is the best solution will also take time so that will make an impediment or a you know a waiting stage for the dev team until we do our pocs so instead if these two things would have spawned up parallelly then the exact time when you know the need would be of to have a workflow uh, devops team would be you know there with their recommendation so that's what the advantage that we get okay and, and do you think that you know it really helps in faster and uh, you know deploying new features um, swiftly like you know along with security patches or bug fixes etc do, do you think that that sort of really helps there exactly exactly and i think the sooner the you know concepts the devops related concepts get into an ecosystem the maturity that of that ecosystem you know uh, you know speaks for itself so for example the, uh, let's take an example of service mesh so uh, let's say i try to you know implement service mesh when i start my, with my development phase it would be very easy to you know scale it uh, scale my applications you know or you know make my applications in a way that they support that service mesh let's say i've developed my entire ecosystem and then i decide okay i want stu now so you can imagine that how much you know here and there i would have to go to you know fix in that sto to make sure all those things you know are are wrapped in so that's basically the difference okay no so that that's that that's great yeah thanks for sharing that so you know uh, uh, lastly i just want to uh, sort of uh, you know understand from both of you both sail you and mag is um, you know there is there is a devops as a concept as a as a framework many organization claim to uh, you know be doing devops uh but they are actually not devops right they might be in optimization into development cycle so quickly from you know what is what devops is what it is not quickly if you just uh, you know first uh, sahil you and then mayank if you can you know give your quick views around it okay so uh, what devops is devops is definitely a, an entity that is built along with the automation so if you take away that automation aspect that okay maybe the things are running fine if i do some semi automated work then right. that's not pure devops so what devops is it's you know running your workload in a repeatable and an automated ways okay and uh, one more point that i would like to add what uh, devops is devops means that we we normalize and standardize on technologies that we are using not like you know having same technologies so so for example using kafka as well as apache pulsar in our ecosystem so that means maintaining two different components which actually cater the same need so you know standardization of technology into one so deciding okay whether i'll i'll go with uh, apache pulsar or maybe kafka so those are the decisions that you know also should should you know devops team must definitely put in yeah sure sure mike you want to add anything to that what sail said oh uh, yeah so i'm agree with sahil but in addition to that uh, uh, so 
so DevOps is all about mindset, and uh, it is uh, for uh, uh, working collaboratively, uh, working effectively, and uh, solving business problem. So uh, I told you that uh, at the end of the day, we need to drive values to values to customer uh, uh, in order to empower business. Right. Uh, so, so that collaboration is a key between uh, if we talk about DevOps. So uh, now nowadays, uh, 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 IT or uh, operations or development, uh, each field can't can't live in isolation. Uh, so they need a collaboration. So that that collaboration would be enabled by DevOps. Great. Yeah. So it's interesting that you know you talk about uh, getting sort of an agility and flexibility into DevOps. Um, so what we are saying is that on one hand, DevOps is about obviously standardization, automation, optimizing, you know, tool set. On the other hand, we are also looking at DevOps, um, you know, in terms of providing certain uh, other benefit uh, with regard to uh, collaboration within the teams, bringing some of the agile methodologies into place. So, so what we are saying is that the goal for DevOps uh, is to build a working environment uh, at the end of the day in which uh, building, testing, and deploying software can can occur uh, quickly, uh, reliably, and and frequently. And and by doing this, uh, what we are saying is that the enterprises can accomplish its goal faster and deploy uh, new features um, along with security patches and bug fixes. Well. On that note, uh, I would like to uh, thank our guest for today. Uh, Mayank uh, Sahil, thanks for uh, joining the session and giving your time. And thanks a lot, Atul. Yeah, Thank you, Atul. And please uh, stay in tune for uh, more such topics through Nolbytes. And till then, take care and uh, stay safe.